Welcome to My Mom the Midwife, where we explore a world of motherhood, women's health, and childbirth. I'm Jenna Habel, your host and fellow explorer in this journey. Joining me is my mom, Melanie, a midwife with many years working with women during childbirth. We're here to share real stories from real people, shedding light on the raw beauty of childbirth and women's health. Whether you're a mom-to-be, a pro, or simply curious, our podcast is your backstage pass to the world of birth and women's well-being. So join us on this adventure as we dive into stories that inspire, inform, and celebrate the wonders of childbirth and women's health. Grab your earbuds and let's explore this episode of My Mom, the Midwife. Welcome back to another episode of My Mom, the Midwife. We are super excited for today's episode. We are going to be going over hormone basics. I want to do a couple episodes where we talk about hormones just because hormones are so important and I think we don't know enough about them. And I think it is super important to understand them because it's understanding our own bodies and us as women. I think hormones do have quite an influence on our just everyday lives. So, Mom, would you care to just tell us a little bit about what you have learned about hormones, and then we'll dive into some other specific questions. Sure. So, like you mentioned, hormones are much more important than I think we realize, and understanding them can really be life-changing. During school, I learned about the different hormones, and we're particularly Right now, I'm referring to hormones of the female menstrual cycle, because those are the ones that are most relevant, I believe, in in women's lives. So I learned a lot of the basics. And as I continue my journey as a midwife, I'm learning more and more. It's, It's never ending, honestly. And we'll talk a little bit about the book that I'm reading. But do you want me to just kind of describe the basics of the hormone cycle? Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into that. Okay. Everybody knows a little bit about periods because if you're a woman, you probably have periods. And so, and sometimes that's all we know is every month I bleed and that's it. And then others know, you know, a lot more. So we'll kind of get into the basics of that. So the female menstrual cycle is a period of time where it's a different interplay of hormones and it is how our body prepares for childbirth, for pregnancy and childbirth, essentially. And there are lots of terms, lots of ways to define it. And I'm going to do it in a textbook fashion, very average, knowing that every woman is individual and there can be variations of normal. There also are variations that will allow us to know that there's a problem. So we're going to, for the purposes of this conversation, we're going to define the female menstrual cycle as 28 days. A lot of people think the menstrual cycle is when you're bleeding, your period. The menstrual cycle is actually the whole cycle. So the whole month. So we're going to use a 28 day cycle. Just as a side note, normal is from 26 to 34 days. Regular menstrual cycle can fall between 26 and 34 days. We're going to go with 28. It's easy for math purposes, easy to understand, and it's the average. Day one of the cycle 
is the first day of your period. So the day you start bleeding is day one. Day 28 is the last day of the cycle. So the day before you start bleeding. Again, adjust this for, for your normal, okay? So the average time for bleeding is four to five days. So day one to day four, five, six, you're bleeding. Typically day one, two, three are heavier and then it tapers off until you're no longer bleeding. Now to get to the hormones that determine this whole cycle, there are two main ones. We've got estrogen and progesterone. Most people have probably heard of both of those. Estrogen is the dominant hormone for the first half of the menstrual cycle. And first half is from when you start bleeding until halfway through that, right? Good question. The first half meaning before ovulation. Okay. And I'm going to get into little details there and define it a little better for you. I'm being vague on purpose right now. So that first part with estrogen dominates is the period before ovulation. The second half is dominated by progesterone. The interesting thing about this is that progesterone period is called the luteal phase. The luteal phase is always 14 days. Oh, is that and no matter what? It's always 14 days? In, in a regular, normal menstrual cycle. So you're, we're saying nothing's going wrong. The body is doing what it needs to. The signals are being sent. The luteal phase is always 14 days. Uh. The beginning of the luteal phase is ovulation. The last day is day 28. So that makes it really nice. Mm -hmm. Makes it quite easy when it comes to ovulation and pregnancy timing. Again, assuming that everything is normal. So I don't want to get too detailed on the names of these phases, but it is important to know that there are kind of four phases, but they overlap. So you've got what's happening in the ovaries and what's happening in the uterus. Okay. So you have different names for what's happening in the ovaries, the first half and different names for what's happening in the uterus for the first half and vice versa for the second. Okay. Is that confusing? Or does that make sense? I, I think that makes sense. So we've got a cycle that's 28 days. The second half is the luteal phase. It's 14 days and pro progesterone. Progesterone. Is, okay. Progesterone is the main one in the luteal phase and then the beginning of the cycle that is where estrogen is the main hormone right and then there's there's kind of four main uh stages during those 28 days something's happened in the uterus something's happened in the ovaries is that a good, good summary that's good when i refer to the luteal phase that's what's happening in the ovaries ah. so the first half that we talked about which is the half that can vary the follicular phase, because that refers to follicles, which are where eggs develop. So you've got follicles developing in the beginning in the ovary, and then midway through the cycle, you have an egg released. And then you head into the luteal phase, which is 14 days long. Okay. Okay. 
That's what's happening in the ovary. Very simple. Okay. There are a couple of other hormones that come into play that spike and tell the ovary to release that egg. And then we have ovulation. Okay. Those are FSH and LH. Okay. I did not, I knew about uh, progesterone and estrogen. I have never heard of those two. Yes. I think that's fairly common. The ones we know are estrogen and progesterone. Not going to dive too deep into FSH and LH other than tell you the names of them. FSH is follicle stimulating hormone. Name mm. tells you that it's stimulating the ovary to release a follicle. And then LH is luteinizing hormone, which peaks just before the luteal phase. Ah, okay. So now we're going to drop down and kind of visualize a horizontal line. And on the top, I have follicular ovulation luteal. Down at the bottom is what's happening with the uterus. Okay. So when estrogen is predominating the first part of the menstrual cycle before ovulation is called the proliferative phase. The way I remember this, and I, it really um, is very helpful is I think of estrogen as miracle girl. So estrogen, when we have estrogen on board, it's fluffing things up. So it's fluffing up the uterus, making it nice. It's like a nice bed. If an egg is fertilized, you've got this nice fluffy uterine lining. Nice. Yeah, I love that. As a side note, you think about other effects that estrogen has. So for example, we get breast tenderness. It's because estrogen is on, is on board and miracle grow. Your, the breast tenderness comes from the cells. Essentially, they're not growing, but it just, when you think about miracle grow, you've got a little bit of swelling and you've got breast tenderness. Ooh, that is a good way to remember it. Yes. Uh, my teacher taught me that in school. I think it's genius. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So then we've got this nice fluffy uterine lining. Then we have ovulation An egg is released. If it's fertilized, like I said, it has a nice fluffy uterine lining to implant into. Now remember what happens at ovulation, which hormone takes over then? Progesterone. You got it. Progesterone takes over then. Progesterone is the calming hormone. Mm -hmm. I learned it in school and I remember it like, shh, everything calm down. So if you have an egg that implants in that nice fluffy uterus, progesterone keeps everything calm so that it can implant and begin to grow. Okay. Yes. All right. So that was referring to pregnancy. Let's talk now about if that egg isn't fertilized. So progesterone still comes on board, mm -hmm. quiets everything. So we've got estrogen, it has fallen off. Progesterone's kind of keeping everything quiet, keeping everything quiet. If the egg isn't fertilized, so it, is, it hasn't implanted into that nice uterus, estrogen and progesterone both drop off. Oh. And the uterine lining sheds and we start bleeding. Okay, so we've got estrogen that takes over at the first, kind of once you start bleeding and things start growing, you've got an egg that's growing, you've got breast tenderness, the lining is growing, and then ovulation, the egg is released. 
and then progestion or proge I, that is such a hard word for me to say progesterone so i'm going to give you a, a tip on that yes progestational so pro pregnancy progesterone progesterone ah progesterone excellent i love thank you that's that's always been a hard word for me so progesterone takes over it kind of calms everything and then if the egg isn't fertilized then pro progesterone and estrogen drop off and then the uterus sheds its lining is that right you got it you wow. got it and so then we've got day one and we're bleeding shedding 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 but estrogen is building up again, building up again, and then we start all over. Okay, so I, I knew, at, like, I have apps on my phone that kind of track my menstrual cycle, and they kind of teach me a little bit about the different phases, but that's like the most I think I've ever learned about the phases, and it makes so much sense. So appreciate that a ton. Yeah, you're welcome. I felt the same way. I just was like light bulbs going on and off. Now for some people, they're like, okay, I don't care. I bleed, blah, blah. I don't want to know. I don't need to know all of this. The importance of it is, and you've alluded to it previously, what this means for us. Like, so what, what does all this mean? Right? Exactly. So what, what does it all mean? What, uh, how does it affect us in like our day-to-day -day lives? L let's say, let's talk first about women in general, not women trying to get pregnant or, or anything like that, just us in our daily lives. What does that mean for us? First of all, I think it's important, important to understand what's happening when you're bleeding, right? Mm -hmm. It's first of all, very universal. Like we mentioned at the beginning, this is very universal. All women go through it, but we don't talk about it. I think just the basic understanding of why you're bleeding every month, if that's all you ever want to know, if you're not trying to have children, you're not you know, it's helpful to know why we have this bleeding. Second, as we all know, there's a lot more that goes into it. If we just like, we're going along every month, even keel, nothing, nothing changing. And we bled for, you know, three to seven days. Okay. Big deal. Is that how periods are for most people? No, not at all. Our body changes and our energy changes and our moods. We've got PMS. And our appetite, sometimes we crave chocolate more than other times. You got it. You got it. It is much more than just we're shedding this uterine lining because the hormones have effects on all parts of our bodies. This is where I'm going to bring in this book that you talked about. It's called Hormone Intelligence by Dr. Aviva Ram. It's A-V-I-V-A-R-O-M-M. -M. And the reason I'm putting it out there, it's an excellent book highly recommend anybody who wants to learn more about this go check out her stuff and I like I said I'm learning much more than I learned even in school and she talks about the phases of the menstrual cycle in like four different phases and she uses like the seasons of the year spring summer fall winter and again I won't get too much into it because her book does that but she really underscores the point that we're not meant to be robots that are just constant in the way our lives and the way we experience our lives, right? In our mood, sleep, focus, creativity, food, exercise, relationships, and sex. Just like the seasons of the year, different things happen during different parts of this cycle. And understanding that 
can, like I said, be life-changing. That's awesome. And we can do this on another episode or we can dive into it now, but do we want to talk about what happens during each of those stages of the cycles and, and how it affects us, whether it's appetite, energy, mood, sex life, et cetera, or is that something we want to save for another episode? That might be something we save for another episode. I think it's good just to kind of plant the idea and you know, bring realization. And, and it's what you talked about, PMS. What happens and why? Well, as we mentioned before, estrogen and progesterone drop off right before you start bleeding. So you can make the assumption just by knowing that, that estrogen and progesterone have something to do with mood, correct? Correct. Yes. And we can, we can dive into more of the specifics about that later. But as I'm reading Dr. Rom's work, I'm realizing that we could do as a society and more specifically as women, we could do a lot more to understand our bodies, to understand these hormones, to understand what's happening. I think she makes the point and I, I completely agree with her that sometimes it's gotten a bad rap because hormones affect our moods. Well, a lot of times there's a lot of jokes about like, like she's hormonal as though it's a bad thing. When in reality, yes, we are, we are meant to be hormonal. It's the hormones that dictate our entire lives. So as we come to understand our bodies and understand the hormones, number one, we can go easier on ourselves. Number two, we can work with it. You know, if your body is in a phase that is meant to be quiet and still and calmer, if we're just all month long, go, 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 push, 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 push. No wonder we have so many struggles right physically and emotionally Ooh, that's good because it's like sometimes I get the image in my head it's like swimming upstream like we're trying like the river is going a certain way and if we just kind of go with it and understand the ways that it's going I feel like life is so much easier instead of trying to fight against what our bodies are naturally doing that's something that's really hard for me because I am, I'm a go-getter and and I'm constantly like, go, 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 go. And, and there are some days where I'm like, I need to like relax and chill because that's what my body needs. And, and I don't have to feel bad about it because I know that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly. Exactly. And I think again, and I, you know, not, not to get off topic too much, but in many ways we're raised in a man's world, which that's fine. But men are very different than women and we are not, we have, we have different, different hormones. So understanding that and not continuing, like you say, to drive, 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 drive could again, be life-changing. So I did want to talk about testosterone though, speaking of men. Okay. Women do have testosterone. In fact, it's a pretty dominant hormone it's much lower. We have it in much lower amounts than men, but we have it and it's important. It's kind of the builder hormone. So emotionally and physically. So we get the drive and we get, we can build muscle mass from testosterone. So the reason I bring that up, it's important to know that men aren't the only ones with testosterone. Women have it as well. Mm -hmm. we also have all of these others. And if we're living our lives as though we're only driven by testosterone as a woman, we're missing the boat. We're not um, meant to do that. 
sweet. This gets me excited for our other episodes where we dive deeper into the different stages and, and how it affects mood and, and energy because that that's exciting to know. That is, it, it's so cool. And I love understanding my own body because it it's what I live in, which is awesome. I more and more am believing there is such power in understanding our bodies. It is because it's like who we are in our bodies drive so much of what we do on a day-to-day basis that we have to listen to them. Like if we don't listen to them, we're going to wear them out and physically and emotionally and mentally. So I, I love that. So I agree with you. And I think the other potential problem, and we see it pretty commonly, is when we don't understand it, then we judge it. So think about, think about when you, you said PMS, and, you know, maybe feeling more emotional or feeling the feeling. Well, if we're in a society that tells us we shouldn't feel, then we have these hormones that are causing us to feel. And then we just shame that we're just in a vicious cycle of not accepting who we're really meant to be, nature, all of that. Just another another important point. Definitely. I think one of the most important points probably is like learning to accept we are not judging so much, especially about these natural things that always happen. I love that. I love that. I think we as women and as society, people in general, we're hard on ourselves. And so the more knowledge we have and understanding we have, I think the easier it is to not judge ourselves so much. Yes, agreed. Okay, so I've got maybe one last question here, shifting from hormones in our daily lives to pregnancy and we can talk more about this in another episode as well but just want to talk a little bit about hormones and how what we should understand if we are trying to become pregnant or how they affect us kind of in that that realm of pregnancy I love it I'm so glad you went there that's 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 kind of my jam did you have a specific question you want me just to jump in Let's let's just jump in. I think we can get a little more specific on another episode, um, but let's go ahead and just dive into just general basics there. Okay, some of the basics, and we've already talked about it. So think back to what we talked about, what's happening in the uterus during the menstrual phase. So we've got estrogen on board, and we need to have enough of it to get the miracle grow effect, have a nice, nice healthy uterine lining. So that when ovulation happens, it's, it's got, like I said, a good landing place and then the progesterone to keep things calm. What I think is important to realize about all of this is timing. I mean, that's a big thing for somebody who's wanting to become pregnant. For some people, their body's been doing this. Their hormones are online. Things are going well. They don't have any conditions that we can talk about another time where their body does this normal menstrual cycle ovulates every month they desire to get pregnant they get pregnant and that's all they need to think about it which is awesome for others and even even if it is working for you it's nice to understand for others it's important to know that timing so let's kind of review we talked about ovulation happening mid-cycle but then that that second half the luteal phase which is dominated by progesterone is 14 days think about it. If you've got a 28 day cycle, which we've used for our purposes as an average, that means both phases of the cycle are 14 days and ovulation is right in the middle, right? Uh-huh. 
Well, what if you have a little bit shorter cycles, 26 days? Well, then that first part of the cycle is now 12 days and the second half is 14. Not that that's super critical, but it's just important to kind of think about it in those terms. Other important concepts when it comes to conception is how long the products of conception, in other words, sperm and an egg, how long they're viable, how long they live. Because if you want them to get together, you need to kind of understand that. An egg, its lifespan is 24 hours. Oh, that's short. It's short. Sperm, because they're male, <laughs> can live for three to five days. Oh, okay. So much longer. Much longer. Much longer. So, which is nice. Mother nature is very, very nice to us that way. If they all, both only live 24 hours, like timing would be a little trickier. What's nice is if you have sperm that's lasting three to five days, you ovulate, then that sperm has enough time to meet up with an egg, fertilize the egg, and then move forward. So intercourse timing becomes important. And again, that's why understanding your cycle is important. Also, the flip side of this is if you don't want to become pregnant. Mm. I meet with a lot of patients who don't, for whatever reason, don't want to use hormonal birth control, aren't candidates for it, whatever that case may be but don't want to become pregnant. It's really nice to know your body well enough to know your fertile days. And if we were on video, I would I could show you a diagram. It's a little tricky just to explain with words, but there's a way to understand your fertile window. All of these pieces play into it. The length of your cycle, the length of the luteal phase so that you know which day you ovulate, how long sperm lasts, how long sperm live, and how long the egg lives. So to like break it down real simply though, like you've got ovulation about 14 days before your cycle ends and you start another cycle and the fertile window, it's probably about like five days on either side because that's how long sperm lasts. Is that kind of Very accurate? good. Okay. Very good. The, the window is a little longer before ovulation than after. Oh, okay. Because of that 24 hours. Uh-huh after ovulation that the egg is viable. oh okay so it'd be a couple of days before and then since the egg only lasts 24 hours probably only like a day after ovulation yes i like to tell patients about five days before ovulation two days after so you've got okay. a good a good week where there's fertile window that you would want to be using another form of birth control if you didn't want to become pregnant condoms or something okay that is cool to understand. Okay, one little other minor note on that. It's not super minor, but kind of important is sperm need time to build up. So if you're trying to conceive, intercourse timing is better about every other day rather than all day, every day. Really? <laughs> yep. You want to give the sperm time to build up again. Ah, uh, that's good to know. The only I guess reference I have to that is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There was an episode where they're trying Amy and Jake. <laughs> For all you Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans out there, there's an episode where Jake and Amy are trying to get pregnant and they just have intercourse all the time, all day, every day. <laughs> and they get so tired. So that that is good to know. Life lessons from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
TV's <laughs> wonderful, isn't it? So many lessons you can learn. So much, so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you made that connection that, you know, for a relationship and fun purposes, that might be great. But if you're trying to conceive, maybe, you know, back it off a little. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's about all that I have. Is there anything else that you want to add here at the end? I think so. There's so much. Every time I start talking about something, I'm like, oh, we could go this direction. We could go this direction. But I think you've done a good job at keeping us kind of focused on the basics. And hopefully we've given people a few things to think about. Yes, for sure. And we will definitely have more episodes where we dive a little bit deeper in into each of those areas that we talked about today. So um, thank you so much, mom, for all of your, your comments and, and for teaching us. Um, we'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of My Mom the Midwife, be sure to subscribe to our podcast or share it with a friend. We would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you are listening on. Your feedback means the world to us. Thanks again, and we look forward to you joining us on our next episode of My Mom the Midwife.